welcome to another episode of Highly Spiritual. Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to share with you this episode that I recorded with Monica of Inaisa Isla on Instagram. She shared with us such true Virgo essence and characteristics, and it was so beautiful to see it so embodied. So I'm super, super excited to get into that. But before we do that, I was actually looking at the chart of the moment and wanted to share with you guys a little bit about the astrology. So first of all, happy new moon. Yesterday was the Virgo new moon and along with the new moon, which means the sun and moon in Virgo, we were also gifted by some incredibly harmonious aspects that I would love to share with you. So at the moment, we actually have um, one, two, three, four, five, five planets and two um, asteroids in retrograde. And what that means is these planets and asteroids appear to be moving backward. So as I'm looking at the chart, I see most of our personal planets between Virgo and Libra. We have the sun, which is our ego, Mars, which is our drive and passion, um, the moon, which is our inner world and our emotional world, Mercury, which is how we communicate, and Venus, which is how we honor our values, our boundaries, our worth. All of these are between Virgo and Libra. And so these are all the themes that we are currently working with right now. And then all these other planets that are in retrograde are spread out across the chart and opposite from Virgo. So all of us collectively are going through the themes um, that I just mentioned with healing and harmony and balance. And on the rest of the chart, we have these planets all in retrograde, kind of pointing the energy back towards us. And so what do I mean by that? For example, Pluto. Pluto is the planet of birth, death, and transformation. Going forward, it's talking about external birth, death, and transformation. But when it's retrograde, it's talking more about our internal birth, death, and transformation. So how are we currently transforming? And because it's in Capricorn, the question is, how are we currently breaking down structures and systems that don't work for us, but not external structures and systems, but instead the internal structures and systems that we have adhered to and believe just because, just because, you know? Um, and then we have Saturn, which is rules and discipline and retrograde. So that asks us what kind of rules are we putting on ourselves? We have Jupiter, which asks us, how are we, as much as we want to be humanitarian, how are we also bringing in this efforts for ourselves? How are we accepting our own quirkiness? How are we bringing out our own uniqueness to the world? As I, and as I'm saying this, it's 3.33 on the clock. Um, I love synchronicities. Um, so also, we have Neptune retrograde, which is kind of spirituality and the dream world. This is pointing this back inward. So how are we waking up towards what's going on in the world? Because this new moon was also trining Uranus. Now that's a lot of astro talk, but basically the new moon circled around goddess and earthy themes. How do you work with the earth? How do you create things in this material world while you assimilate from the ideas that you receive during Leo season? And you also use the Libra energies to make things beautiful and harmonious. How do you tie all of this together to then start walking into the new earth as if it's already here? What kind of routines and systems and structures do you need to be living out on a daily basis to be able to support this highest self of yours, this earth suit that needs upgrading if your spiritual, mental, and emotional bodies are also upgrading? 
So these are a bunch of questions that this new, new moon asks. And of course, it brings a lot of benefits as well. I'll talk more about this in our new moon circle tomorrow night. That's September 9 at 8 p.m. The energy exchange is 333 Philippine pesos, which is equivalent to about... Um, about six or seven US dollars. So if you'd like to join us, we'd be so glad to have you come hang out with us. We'll be creating things with our hands because Virgo is earth magic. And without further ado, let me allow you to listen to the knowledge and wisdom that Monica shares with us. Thanks for having me, Karina. Thanks for agreeing to come on. I'm excited. I've wanted you to be on for a while, but I didn't reach out until that day you messaged me and I was like, this is a sign. I'm going to ask her right now. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Um, I find your video so inspiring. It's, it's funny how the past year, you know, I've totally like changed who I follow and the community I'm surrounding myself with. There's just been such shedding, you know, there's really yeah. this, a lot of changes has been happening and you know everyone's feeling it and yeah but it's all all for the good mm, i agree with yeah. you funny I'm so, glad. I'm so glad i'm meeting so many new friends on social media too so it's more resonance definitely yes i feel like that's been such a pro in the in the variety of cons in the last year that social media has become such a great place to meet people so even though we're not necessarily in the same city we're still able to know each other and speak to each other so yeah I'm really excited to get to know you and chat with you um, we'll begin by saying hello to everybody joining us live and we will be recording this so for anybody that's catching it later if you're watching this and have any questions or want to join the conversation feel free to just drop in the comments. Um, for now, I have a bunch of questions for you that I'm so excited to get into. So let's start with the first one, which is what is your sun, moon, and rising? Sorry, I, I should, I, I was trying to look for my chart. I had her in astrology reading recently with my cousin, <laughs> but I can't find it. But I know nice. I have like eight planets in Virgo. So, you know, either the sun, the moon, and one in Libra. So, yeah, but I'm Amazing. super Virgo though it in my bones <laughs> I love it you know even my husband when when we argue and complain complaints about me he's like you're super critical I'm like I can't help it <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is me um but that's so so perfect because it's a Virgo new moon today yes it is happy new moon to everybody it's also happy my mom's birthday today. happy birthday to your mom and it was my dad's birthday last week. So I'm, you know, Virgo family through and through. I was raised by two Virgos. I am a true Virgo. And, you know, um, ever since I think until up until this year or last year, I would see things as I'm right, you're all wrong. Hmm. But lately, I've been also humbling myself into knowing that I may be not right you know i there might be um i i, I might not be uh, i i may not be seeing things clearly and you know i just humble myself to also listen to others and it's just such a learn painful learning process as a virgo because you know we have the eye to see things but we're not always right and we have to really accept that it's such a bitter pill to accept so painful but um there's so much enhancement you know there's growing pain so i really i really am feeling this in this journey of mine in this phase of mine right now you know i'm turning 39 in a few days you know next week and happy birthday you know, thinking about it like my Saturn return the journey from then till now it's a ripening it's you know there's so many changes it's so beautiful the the dying and re being reborn um so many times like a phoenix and yeah I'm just amazed at at life in general it takes us to so many places and I feel like 
the people we meet at each phases of our lives, they're really thrown at us by the universe because there's lessons in each and every one. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to, to people like you um, mm-hmm. online, even, you know, because Insta- social media can be uh, a double-edged sword. You know, it's, it's a, a lot of cause. It's a cause for a lot of anxiety. But for me, it's also uh, a source of joy and inspiration. So I try to stay away and try to um, stay away from people that drag me down online and just, you know, try to vibrate with higher frequencies with the people I choose to follow. Mm. I love that so much. Everything you said was so beautiful. And I am also grateful for people like you on Instagram. So Virgo, the way you explained that, just the distillation process of going towards people that help us reach the higher vibrations and kind of trying not to engage so much in the lower vibration so that we're able to bring more peace. Um, I was preparing my, so we do new moon circles every month and I was preparing my piece for my new moon circle. And I was thinking about how, oh man, you see, this always happens to me. I'm like speaking and then I lose my train of thought completely. And then I forget what I'm going to say. Oh, no. Okay. Forget about that because I completely lost it. But I was going to say that, um, you said how Virgos have this eye and, oh yeah, this is exactly what I was going to say. You said that Virgos have this eye that you're able to see something um, in a certain way, but then it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow to say, okay, I see it this way. And to me, this may be perfect, but this may not be perfect for other people. And I think that's the gift of Virgo season. It's being able to see and being able to have that higher frequency and higher um, sense of, vision to then ground it down into the earth and into our bodies that's so virgo because it's like the goddess energy right but it's also angelic and so you know what perfect is so you don't want to settle for anything but perfect but everybody in this world is imperfect and so how can we then ground that down and all of us because all of us have virgo at some like somewhere in our chart how can we all realize that what we think is perfect may not be and maybe we just need to open up to ground more so i love everything you said so beautifully put um while we're talking about virgo energies i want to ask you more about that um you did mention about the perfectionism but what would you say are three amazing Virgo qualities that you're like so grateful for and that you attune to every day to kind of help you go about your tasks because you're a mom of four and you run multiple businesses I feel like yeah and so how do you do it and what are these three things so Virgo qualities that I am grateful for um I think Virgos really have um this standard for health and wellness. So uh, it started for me when I was about a teenager and I left for abroad. So, you know, I was born in the States, but I was raised here in the Philippines. And I unschooled myself. I told my parents, I no longer want to go to school here at third year high school. So like, you know, I left school and I I went to, to San Francisco to be with my sister. So I lived there for a while. And, you know, I was partying really hard with 26-year-olds and I was 16. Where did and you live so in funny, San Francisco? Uh, in Daly City. Mm. And I went to South City High. It's funny because um, I was partying hard with all these older people. And to balance that off, you know, I had this inner compass to say, okay, since I'm doing this, this, and this and sleeping late at night, I'm going to forego meat. And I became a vegetarian <laughs> that started this, this path. So um, I was already practicing yoga in high school, but I, 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 you know, I did not practice then in the States. I only did that again when I returned. Um, so, you know, there was this kind of balance. It was like, it, it sounds funny now, but then, you know, I, I just listened to my instinct that, you know, there's a give and take. So I, I need to detox somewhere if I'm intoxicating somewhere else. 
So by the time I returned, um, this path to wellness still was a calling to me that I was serious and I was doing Taekwondo training. I was, uh, I was doing yoga on the side. Um, and then after, after my, after I graduated for college from college, I, I did my teacher training in yoga as soon as I could, as soon as I had the money. And, and then when I became a mom, um, I realized that my first child was really my guru because he was the one that, you know, made me really research on ingredients that what we put in our bodies and on our skin accumulates. So, you know, I, I stopped using all of these cosmetic lines that had phenoxyethanol and any, any chemicals, so basically chemical-free. And I could say that the last time I was in a hospital was during my C-section birth to my son 14 years ago. So actually, because I was a new parent, I just kind of trusted the system, the medical system. Um, and I guess that was like a big, huge learning curve, uh, a, a very painful lesson. It was a very traumatic C-section birth, but I had to go through it because I wouldn't have had three successful succeeding home births if not for that first birth. You know, I wouldn't have um, had this quest of studying really hard and what is it to really regain and reclaim that power to birth in our own terms. So I think that's a really good Virgo quality to have, to really have this um, search for what is the most pure. Mm. And second would be loyalty because, you know, I, I am both Virgo and I was born also in the year of the dogs. So I'm super duper loyal uh, to my friends and to my family. Um, third Virgo quality would be, hmm, I think, criticism because then you have standards for life. Mm. I wouldn't be where I am now if I just uh, didn't fight for a certain standard that I, we, my, both my husband and I, you know, we're empaths and we really wanted to be close to nature. So early on during my Saturn return, 29 years old, we packed our bags with very little money, we moved to Palawan. Um, although that didn't, that stint didn't quite last long because we were only in Puerto Princesa for two years, we had a taste of it, a taste of freedom, a taste of being away from um, a system wherein we you you rely on consumerism and the city, on like you know being in the mall every every weekend, watching movies. You are what you consume, mm -hmm. so. Being close to nature, we felt like there was an aha moment there. And we knew that we, want, we didn't want anything less for our children. So four years ago, when there was another opportunity, we just did it again. And, you know, without any, since we already knew the ropes, it was quite, it was easier. It was mm -hmm. smoother, the process, because so many people want to do this, especially now with so many lockdowns in major cities. They want a different kind of life, you know, where you could actually breathe and be and just just the freedom to move, you know, yep. without someone policing you. So, but then because you're also so reliant on the system for, for your job, for your income, it's quite hard to, to know where to start, right? But I mm -hmm. guess... There are guides, there are people who've done this ahead of you. And I remember, like what you said, we, we meet people, there are angels. Um, during that first trip to Puerto with my, my son's first birthday, he's now 14, um, I met this lady. She told me that she raised her daughter on, on Boayan Island. It's an island in Palawan. I was like, wow. How, how about her school? You know, homeschooling was so taboo back then. And she was like, yeah. oh, I homeschooled her. And I'm like, even if that was so like such a radical idea to me back then, it planted seeds. And now I'm homeschooling four of my children. 
actually we're on schooling. So that's a whole different thing, topic mm-hmm. altogether. But because of that encounter, like once you just hear a different concept, it breeds in you and it could be a possibility because, you know, we are infinite. Anything is possible. So um, if it's in the back of your mind, your subconscious is so powerful. Like you can really manifest your dreams. And I think my husband and I just really kept on dreaming about this, about living away from the city, close to a beach, and why not El Nido? Like it's it's like paradise. It's the best. It has the best beaches in the whole planet, you know. So thank God we live in the we live in the Philippines, and we have access to so many coconuts. I could live on Bukos. <laughs> so so yeah. So those are three qualities. Positive ones, if you choose to, um, that I'm 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 thankful for, and yeah. Although, uh, obviously, everyone has its positives. Everyone has their positives and negatives. We just need to balance them out. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. Beautiful. I love how all three qualities that you gave gave a like nice summary of your journey and your life because my next question was going to be who are you and like a little bit about your journey. So I think that gave a lot of context and you know it's so amazing that you're talking about homeschooling and unschooling because um, what came into my head as you were saying that is so many parents here in Manila are homeschooling their kids right now and they're like miserable. So it feels like it would be so much more productive to be homeschooling or, of course, in your case, unschooling in an island where you're actually closer to nature and actually able to breathe fresh air. And I love so much how you said so many of us are looking to leave the city, but we're so reliant on the structure. Like we think Mm -hmm. that we want to exit the matrix and we think that you know, we're able to sustain whatever kind of lifestyle we want to sustain. But there are so many hidden um, bondages that we have to the structure that it's only once Mm -hmm. they're pulled away that we're like, oh, my God, I was that looped in and I didn't even realize. Um, Which takes me to my next question, which is, how did you guys decide to leave? Or was there like a moment that was like, okay, it's time for us to get out of the city. What was that like thing that um, woke up in you that made you want to move to Puerto Princesa like the first time? So for the first time, what was it? Oh, because we had uh, our trip. It was my first, it was my first child's first birthday. So we had that first trip. Okay, and then okay. we were like, hey, it's so beautiful here. We could live here, you know? Yeah. And back then, like, we didn't know anybody. And we were like, what are we going to do here? Like, completely, like, we just kind of, like, just vocalized the dream and just bahala na, you know? Bahala mm. na si bahala. Yep. Like, yep. you just kind of, like, say it. And kind of the universe just conspires to make things happen for you, right? So back then, it was like, okay, so there's absolutely no jobs for us in Puerto Princesa. But this is why I prepared somewhat. Like I did my teacher training immediately after uh, we got married. And then um, my husband, it just so happens that I have an aunt that also moved to Puerto the same year that we moved. So in the beginning, I think my husband was working with her. Um, But back then we were kind of like super young and like we were just thinking we'll we'll build a farm and live off the farm and it's not that easy to do that (laughs) years and years I know a a good friend of mine who also happens to be a Virgo Monica Luna she's um she's based in Batangas with her husband also a yoga teacher also a Waldorf homeschooler actually um they're doing uh permaculture and they live off their land but they work 24 7 her and her Mm. husband are so hands-on uh planting trees and uh fruit fruit trees and uh whatever you can imagine they have it on their farm now um but we're not that hands-on i mean my husband now has a green thumb but i'm busy with the kids i mean last year yeah i was planting a lot more but then i got busy with the kids right now so for me, it's very seasonal. Um, 
But yeah, we were just, that's what we thought, that you could actually live off the farm. But you know, if you actually uh, buy produce, it, it's very cheap. So you can't actually live off the farm unless you've been working on the farm. And it takes a whole tribe. It's just yeah. not just a husband and wife team. You have to have a group of people, a collective, to make this dream really come to fruition. So um, we were super young and we were like, and I, I had other dreams too that I had to accomplish. I wanted to go to India. I wanted to go to Bali. And, and we, this is why that phase of our life, lives folded real quickly after two years is because we were too young to my I remember my in-laws saying what you're too young to 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 live like like lolas and lolas <laughs> but we haven't really established anything and we were just like okay we'll just do this and yet I feel like that was like one oh moving out 101 we had to go through that and I'm thankful for that experience because we bought land um out in the boonies, like one hour away from Puerto Princesa, it's it's not that easy, you know. And we built a house and we built a farm. And with a one-year-old already, uh, did you yeah, do all of was, this with you? He was two already wow. by that time because we spent his first birthday. It happened so fast, you know. Manifestation can happen really fast. I I could really trace every highlight of our lives per year with with. The direction, it's really like like an arrow. Like, oh, I want to do this, then we make it happen. It's 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 really your life. You know, Earthlings. I I just watched um, a documentary. So funny. It uh, the aliens now they love humans so much because because we have the capacity to manifest anything. We have that power, mm-hmm. and that's why uh, we are beyond you know, majestic. We are powerful beings, but we're just scratching the surface of our abilities. So I really feel like, like suddenly I'm following and there are more psychic people on earth. I don't know. We are like the people we've been waiting for. And I feel like my children are are so different from all the other children just because they're raised in nature. You know, when, when you protect the kingdom of childhood, and this is one of the things I'm grateful for in Waldorf because my son, I enrolled him in a Waldorf school. So I also did Waldorf teacher training. I'm a, uh, I was trained under Belia Tan and Jake Tan. So they're the founders of uh, Waldorf Philippines. And, and really, I owe it to them because they've taught me so much about Steiner education. And this Steiner was a philosopher. He, he invented this whole movement and, and although I unschool primarily now, I have a lot of Waldorf principles because I really believe in in protecting the soul of a child. You know, I Waldorf, uh, I, I unschool, but really low tech, low technology, because even the Silicon Valley guys they don't really give tech to their children because first of all, it's addictive. Second, it doesn't really do your brain so good, especially when you're a young child. We only can. Uh, we're still molding the brain of children. So, you know, I can get really geeky in terms of mm-hmm. child development and, and anything. I love to research. That's one of the Virgo qualities I think I, I really have. I can research for hours. Um, so I kind of lost my trail of thought. So I don't know where <laughs> I was. What, what your question was, but I kind of just rambling off about no yes. worries. This- how I'm blending because some people are asking me how can you do Waldorf and unschool they're kind of like polar opposites but I'm telling other parents that you can homeschool the way you want to because you have freedom according to your lifestyle so because I love the Waldorf approach because I am actually a Waldorf teacher I unschool that way so we unschool Unschooling is self-directed learning. It comes from the child. I don't tell them, okay, we're going to learn this today because I say so. It's Mm -hmm. more of like we're walking along this river path and suddenly we see this bug. And my middle child, my youngest daughter, is so into bugs. So she's going to pick up this bug 
And then we're going to talk about this bug. So nature is our curriculum. So I say if I'm a Waldorf wild schooling unschooler because we have those three blended into our learning approach. It's really child directed. I don't, you know, I don't tell them we're going to learn this. It's very dead to them. It yeah. has to be infused into your daily experiences. So my, my second child, my eldest daughter, she loves baking. So that's how she learns math. That's how she learns um, art. It, she loves to draw anything that she bakes or will maybe watch a video on how to create this recipe. So, you know, um, she's very engaged in that sense. Amazing. So it's, it, our curriculum is based on their interests. It's not dead. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. For those, um, okay. for those interested how I do it. Ooh, two questions. One, um, my fiance over here asked what movie. I think he's asking what documentary is it that you were talking about? And second, can you give a short um, summary of war the Waldorf uh, way of schooling, just for anyone that okay. doesn't know? So the documentary, I, thought, I just watched it a few days ago. One of my best friends um, also sent it to me. It's called Above Majestic. Okay. Um, Similar to Out of Shadows. So I watched Out of Shadows last year in 2020. You know, we had all the time when lockdown started to happen in the Philippines. Suddenly, um, we had time to do whatever we wanted to do because we were locked up indoors. I can't say that we were locked up here in El Nido. But there was that, like, they, they locked the island up. No one, no tourists came. So suddenly, everyone was like, what are we going to do for money, you know? It's a standstill. And it's amazing because I watch the locals. We go out. We do our nature walks. We're by the beach. And I see them go fish. And I see them um, starting changing their, their backyards into farms. And I was telling people, I was telling my friends and my kids, these are the people that will survive an economic collapse. Because yep. this is World War Three, man. It's really a bar of consciousness. It's, mm -hmm. I really feel, you know, how dense the world has become. Yep. And yeah, this is, it, so much has changed so much since 2020, March 2020. I remember when they announced the lockdown, I was like, oops, I know what's up. I know exactly what's going to happen. And <laughs> my husband was right, you know, tourism was like basically gone for the next three to five years here it's yeah it's changed so many lives we're so reliant on tourism so people really have to change uh their where the the source of their income now and and i'm glad that the the people are starting to go back to their roots farming and fishing so so to answer your question on the waldorf approach um I like that it's education for the hands, the heart, and the head. Hmm. So there's so much push these days because with the advancement of technology, you know, we're fast food nation, right? You want everything quick. And you're pushing reading and writing early on. Like they're teaching two-year-olds, one-year-old, even children in the utero. There are like baby uh, everything, baby gymnastics, baby whatever, they're, they're, like you're literally putting headphones in your tummy to teach your baby oh something like classic music and in Waldorf it's, there is a right time for everything so from age 1 to 7 okay this is the age where you're supposed to be uh, the child is good okay so you have to model everything for your child so basically from zero to seven, what the child needs to learn is the world around them is good. So you model good behavior by rhythm, repetition, um, making everything homey. Because mm. children don't come in with a blank state. So they, yeah. they, they're spirits, right? They come from another world, another realm. And I'm so grateful. This is probably the only educational philosophy that acknowledges 
that, that they are spirit more than body. And this mm-hmm. is why I, I'm so, I, I love it so much. I'm, it, it's hard to study Steiner. There are study groups uh, and he has so many books and so many, and so many things that I feel I'm just scratching the surface. Um, and it, it's not an easy task. It, it's actually very hard to follow like if you're a purist. So purist means that you really delay like exposing children to technology up until they're 12. That's quite hard for modern day society, yeah. right? Because we're, we work on our phones. Hello. We work on our laptops. So I, I wouldn't call myself a purist. Um, but, but I do follow a lot of, of, their recommendations in terms of sleep, uh, diet, um, being close to nature, um, having reverence for all things. Because even how you treat plastic, or sorry, even how you treat their toys, like you don't, you don't just throw toys. Um, when you pack away, you actually, there's so it's the manner of which you do things, mm. then your body and copy because a child's work is to imitate the adult. So we see a lot of yayas on their cell phones while taking care of the child or even us parents, right? So sometimes we're not mindful that we're actually, you know, we're distracted by by technology and, and the children feel that they, they, they feel your energy so it's really a wake-up call to parents and and imagine Steiner said all of this 100 years ago but he did mention also that this is the education for the future we need it now more than ever because it's only now that we're seeing a rise of technology and we don't know the changes she wants to hear and we don't, we don't know the effect on on our babies, on our children. This is like the human experiment, right? With how much we are on social media, everything is available online, banking, work, <laughs> even even Zoom parties now. Everything's online. I wonder how many how many hours people spend, you know. On their phones. On their phones. Exactly. I love it because everything you're saying is so embodied right now with your little babies over there. (laughs) Um, My my next question is, um, okay, so I love how you explained that. That was beautiful and everything is so applicable and the system sounds amazing. Um, I'm definitely going to study more about it for when I have kids one day. Um, But my next question is, what is sustainable living to you? And how would you suggest that somebody that's living in the city, for example, that wants to practice a sustainable lifestyle that's not really able to leave the city or go live by um, in an island? How would you suggest for someone like that to practice sustainable living? I really feel that there are steps and you can start by first listing down your dreams, making it more um, possible for you. I'm part of this dream weaving group. It's super cool. The more more you talk about your dreams, the more that it actually will happen, right? So this is the power of manifestation acting for you. But uh, in more practical terms, you know, I feel like since 2020, the universe has also made it very possible for people to live wherever because now work and school is online. So there's really nothing stopping people from staying in cities where you can live out of cities. Learning Instagram live (laughs) interviews right now. This is unschooling today. <laughs> this is our curriculum for the day. You know, they observe and then they they reenact. So I, it's so cute. I'm going to tell them what you did, okay? They took a bath because there's this batya. You know what a batya is, right? So, no, I don't. Um, it's a basin, a big basin, okay. plastic basin. I placed it in the bathroom because then it's fun for them. It's like a mini tub. Yeah. Later. 
It's a mini tub. So they're playing there. And I thought they'd just play and have a pool, pool party. But afterwards, they told me, oh, you know what we did? We were copying you like I was giving birth. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Home water birth. So they were reenacting my birthing scene. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wish I, I took I, I wish I took a photo, but you know, I wasn't there. It's so cute. So, so children really this is how they digest the events that happen around them. Mm-hmm. They have to reenact it, right? No, mama. I know both of you. <laughs> So cute, I you weren't. So I love it because for me, my job is done. Yeah. I just had to show them how to birth so that one day they'll remember. It's in their bones, you know. They they know. So she and wants they've done it as play. Yeah, she wants to have nine kids. Wow. While my- if you ask my seven-year-old daughter if she wants kids, she goes, I'll think about it because birth is really bloody, mom. Oh, <laughs> She's more of a realist. <laughs> mom, it's hard to be a, it's hard to be a mom, huh? Because I keep handing over my youngest mom, child to her. Mom, why oh. Yeah, you can try it. Well, why? Do you have a question for Lila? She wants to try to. You want? You want this is my daughter. Hi, how old are you? Her. I'm four. She's four. Oh, you're so cute. Do you like living in El Nido? Yes. 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 What's your favorite thing about El Nido? Oh, sometimes I I um sometimes I see bugs. Ooh, what's your favorite kind of bug? Oh, um, uh, sometimes this um, ladybugs. Ooh, ladybugs, the red and black ones. Yes. Did they fly? Uh, yes, maybe, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like fishes? Uh... Um, sometimes fishes stick up, but do you know what I saw fishes? Where did you see fishes? Uh, um, we were on the beach. Ooh, were there many? Mm, baby fishes. Baby fishes. Do you swim? Uh, um, yes, we did. You did? And did you like swimming with the fishes? Um, I didn't. Well, well, well. When I was in the shallow, when I was in the shallow, I saw one baby fish, and I was swimming with it in the shallow. Ah, what color was it? Oh, it was white and then black straps. Wow, that's beautiful. Oh. Somebody, I'm a I got a play. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hijacked, ambushed. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Oh They're so cute. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not shy. <laughs> Amazing. So beautiful. She's a Gemini, too. Oh, classic. I could tell. <laughs> she was so happy to answer the question. So cute. Yep. Chatterbox. Amazing. Okay, next question for you because I want to respect your time too. Um, do you want to share a little bit about your birthing story, your home birthing story? Okay, so because I had a very traumatic first C-section, um, I made it kind of like my life's advocacy to, to look for alternative ways to birth, right? So my second birth was a home water birth. Uh, and I hired a midwife and a doula. I absolutely love them. Deborah Gustafsson and Irina of Birthing Gently. You can find her here on Instagram. Um, but the moment of birth where I actually gave birth to my daughter when she came out, only the doula was at my gate. So it was kind of accidentally a free birth. A free birth means there's no one uh, medically trained 
to witness the birth or to help assist you. So it was just me and my husband, okay? And and the doula who, who was entering when, when my daughter was coming out. So this gave me a glimpse of like, hey, I could actually do this. Um, my third birth, I did it in Puerto Princesa. I was already back in Palawan. My husband wanted to be in close vicinity to a, a hospital still because, you know, he's He's very grounded. I'm like flying and he's my total opposite. <laughs> so like he wanted to be in 15 minutes um, proximity to a hospital. So I'm like, okay, let's go give birth in Puerto. I hired a local midwife that was kind of still traumatizing because she's not skilled in gentle birthing. So I want to really uh, articulate uh, to moms and really tell them that just because someone's a midwife doesn't mean that you're going to have a gentle birth. You really have to teach and interview the people in your intimate birthing uh, party what you want. And, you know, they make you write um, your, your, like, all the things that you want to happen in your birth. You make them really follow this because at the moment of your your birth, you really don't want to be fighting with the people around you because you won't have energy. You got to focus on on your contractions, on your surges, on bringing this new soul into our earthly realm. And that takes a lot of your energy and you really have to go within. It's like the longest meditation of your life. Mm. And it's funny because with, it, with my last birth, I have a, a good friend from years ago who's 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 a marathoner, you know, she, she's so strong. And yet she told me that I, I don't feel it's physical endurance that matters. I'm like, yeah, it isn't. It's, it's more of inner work. This is why I teamed up with my, my midwife, who is my neighbor and friend. Uh, when you do your prepar- birth preparation, which happens the moment you conceive or even before you conceive, you know, you prepare for, for a baby to come into your life. Actually, we don't choose. We don't get to choose. Our souls choose us. So we need a lot of preparatory work, inner work, because birthing is all about letting go. It's not about how strong you are. It's about how soft you become during the hours of labor. Because when you are strong, you know, ballerinas and gymnasts have a very difficult time giving birth because they're, they're very strong and hard, especially down there when mm-hmm. you need to become soft and open. So it, it's the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. So I even tell, especially to moms who lift weights or don't do yoga, because if you do yoga... I think you will understand that you need your breath, the power of your breath in order to release uh, the child from your womb. Because it's, it's really a sort of initiation, a, medit- a long meditation. And you really need to focus and know outside. Like you really have to, kind of filter the lights, the sounds, all the people trying to talk to you and really go into this inner inner realm. This is why a hospital birth is so much more challenging if you want to do a, a vaginal birth even because everyone's poking you, talking to you every like every 20 minutes and it's like you need to focus. You really need quiet, dim lights. Um, the ability to go inwards. And if someone's constantly in your face, that's a huge distraction. Um, and, and that's the opposite way of you, where you want to be. And it's more of like in, in, a, in another system, in a hospital and medical system, you're not birthing your child. People are doing it for you. They're telling you when to push. They're actually on top of you, pushing the baby out even. Um, when you have to trust your own body. So we are biological, biologically able to birth our babies as the divinely designed. 
So I have to remind women that we have the power to create and birth our babies as we were designed to be. It's really something, I know that it's hard for a lot of people to grasp because we're so brainwashed into seeing how birth is from movies. And, And I think even doctors aren't trained for natural births. They're more trained for surgical births. So if you really watch a woman a woman birth on her own without any help, I think that's good training for future doctors without anything. Accessing your own internal pharmaceutical lab because we have hormones to fight pain. So this is really important for women to, to be able to learn to do inner work so that we can birth as we were designed to. Animals birth on their own. Why can't we? So I really, for me, free birthing is really what we need. It's 2020 and beyond is breaking down of systems. So we really have to break down everything we've ever learned so far and start from what we can perceive is true because discernment is really the key in these days. We can't just believe anything that we were told. We really have to have this powerful inner eye and really study. <laughs> it's so hard. There's so much filth going on, you know, fake news. Yep. So... This is why, you know, even as I try to teach my children, I, I, I told my husband, I want to teach them discernment more than anything. Yeah, said like a true Virgo mom. <laughs> even, if, even if I tell them, I want them to test what I tell them, if it's true or not, because how would they know, right? Yeah. Yep. They have to experience it for themselves. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's I... I remember um, I saw a story that you shared of your kids sweeping that said um, no way better than like to do it and lead by example. And I thought that was so beautiful and it's just such a gift. And we kind of forget, you know, we expect kids to be a certain, like I am speaking, I'm not a mom, but I do have um, two little nieces and a nephew that live in my house with me. So I'm, I'm watching them grow. I've seen my um, nephew grow from one to seven. He's no, not seven. He's not even seven. He's six. And my um, little nieces, they're twins, grow from one to three. And so I'm seeing how quickly they learn and the things that they do and what they do and how they how imitate um, their yayas. Example. And their yayas are always on their phones or their yayas are always threatening. You know, if you don't do this, then I'm going to tell your yeah. mom this. Or if you don't do this, I'm going to tell your dad yeah. this. So this and is fear based. Exactly. This is so fear-based and we're trying to move so far away from fear. And I think a lot of parents and moms want to do it, but don't know how. And so I love that you're speaking to this and speaking about how it is possible by example. And I love how you were explaining that one to seven is like, this is when they pick up on everything around them, right? Ages one to seven. And so this is why... This is why it's so important for them to see that the world is good because then from then on, they can then lead from a place where they know and they trust. And they like for my six year old nephew, I was talking to him the other day and he was saying how like magic is not real. And I was like, oh, my God, it's my job to make him believe that magic is Ah! real. But how do you do this? (laughs) Exactly. And then he was talking about like a magic trick that he saw. And I was like, but that's a different kind of magic. There is a different kind of magic that's real. And I was like explaining to him a story that I saw a butterfly and the same butterfly came by five times. And he was like, well, maybe it was just flying around. (laughs) So I was like, oh, no, this is going to become my mission to understand how to reinstill in a child that's still so young and that like we think would know that magic is still real. You know, by being parents, by choosing um, to be parents as well, you can heal traumas from your own childhood because you're reliving your own childhood traumas. Hmm. So <clears throat> you can come from that place wherein uh, I remember, and 
my first instinct is to do it this way, to discipline this way, but I'm going to fight against that and, and, and be more whole in how I react to my child. You know, I have a very, one of my children is very, very trying. And my first instinct is to separate her from myself because oh, I can't take it, right? But I know also that when a child is loses it, that means they feel separate already from the mom, that they actually need more love and attention. And it looks funny, especially to the elders who, who disciplines in a very authoritative way, that when a child is acting out, that you come, take the child in, and hug a child. It's so like you, we were raised in a generation wherein you stand there and face the wall, you know, or you separate the child that's crying because the child needs to calm down. But I remember at Gabor Mate, how do you say his name? Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate. So he's a tra trauma doctor. <clears throat> and he says that trauma doesn't happen just because of an experience. It happens because you experience it alone. Mm. If there's no one to help you through it. So if a child is sad alone and separate from the parent, that's when it becomes traumatizing. Because I have to cry alone. And even as adults, we don't want to cry alone. Yeah. We want to call our friend. We want to cry to our husbands. We want to be with someone. It's, it's natural instinct for human beings for connection. So this is why we have to reach out. And even those suicidal, right? We reach out and we save them. So we have to start so early as with our children, like two-year-olds, three-year-olds, because I remember uh, what was said. When you do parenting right for the first three years, then it is easier for four years and above. Hmm. So it's really crucial that we do the work early on. So you start studying as early as you can. You know, read as much books, listen to as much podcasts. I think the information is there. It can get super overloaded. So follow those who've done the work for you. And then just really be, have this like discipline to, to really be less reactive and be in the moment. So it helps, I think, to, to use your breath as a tool because mm -hmm. when you are centered and grounded, then you can operate from a very neutral state. So if parents have the inner work, if they have a spiritual uh, practice, I think it's, it's, it won't be as chaotic or as difficult. Also, having access to nature self every day, um, that would be great. Yeah. You're back. I didn't hear... I didn't hear after you said it wouldn't be as chaotic if parents have a spiritual practice. Yeah. So if you have, if, if you have this link to a higher being or whoever you believe in, whoever God, universe, Buddha, whichever you, you connect to, I think that can fill your cup because Amazing. children, for me as moms, uh, the children's energy rely, relies on yours. So we actually fill the cups of everyone. And if we have nothing to give, then they start acting out. Mm. So we have to refill our cups. Mama, do you know what I did? Exercise. Oh, you exercise. <laughs> I think that's really good. Exercising is good. It gives Amazing. you happy hormones. Become very happy. Right? <laughs> Amazing. I love that. I love how you said that. And it's so fascinating how you said, 
even us grown-ups, like we don't like to cry alone. So why is it that we allow kids to stay and cry instead of just picking them up and like holding them and loving them? So thank you for that. Thank you for everything you've shared. So amazing. I have two last questions for you. Sure. Um, which I like to ask everybody who comes on the show. And my first question is, where do you think earthlings come from? And my second question is, what is spirituality to you? To answer your first question, where do earthlings come from? You know, I don't know, but I have a feeling we're really multidimensional beings. And we're all here just to learn lessons from each other. So... I'm still in this process of finding out myself. You know, I, I heard from someone that, you know, I'm from this star, you know, I'm a star seed as well as my son. So we're from these stars. But how do I know what's real? I don't because I'm just finding. Sure, ask daddy. <laughs> and then you ask daddy. I think it's with Kuya or dad. So. For me, sometimes I can also get lost in, in wisdom, but if there's no action, it, it's useless. So for me, just be kind and just live your life. And, and I just read something recently. That's why we're so stressed. 20. Yeah, we're so stressed because we try to know everything in the world when historically we never we don't have the capacity as humans our brains aren't designed to know every to know what every what what is happening in every part of the world right now it stresses us yep. so what we are designed to to take though is whatever is in front of us you know which is outside our doors with the people that we are relating to so it's like, love the people next to you, right? Mm -hmm. and, and this brings me to question also our relationships and how we work online. It's like a whole different world already that we live in. And as a mom to four children, I have to remind myself of my duty okay, to the people around me, you know, in in direct distance across me so i really have to um take myself out of this world that i am in constant uh relationship with because of course my work is here online but i also have to be mindful of my first priority which is my family mm. so there's there's so much like it, it can get so deep like I feel in a way going back to your question about earthlings that in the recent months and years that suddenly the people are changing mm -hmm. we're really upgrading our systems to a higher frequency with whatever is happening so even if there's so much chaos and turmoil out in the news we're for we're still alive we're still breathing you know the world hasn't fallen our heads so we do our best to take care of our health to take charge of our lives because we have the power you know we're so powerful beyond what we know so there are still tools out there and even if you know you're in lockdown you have this inner world that you have access to. So it's really of coming inwards and, and becoming the best version of yourself. So for me, because I have access to the outdoors and nature, I spend, you know, I, I do grounding every day and it really helps recenter myself. What was your other question? Um, what is spirituality to you? Okay, spirituality to me is your connection to the divine in whatever form because i believe that nature is the only thing that does not lie for me i find god and godly experiences through nature you know um i had access to some 
ma- magic mushrooms last year and it was one of the most amazing experiences ever because I was experiencing it out in nature on mm-hmm. this island and with birds and just amazing like we're really operating on minimum capacity of our brain but if we can connect to anything natural okay then i i feel that we can expand our consciousness and heighten our abilities to to live more fully as well and so you know whatever it is i think whatever rocks your boat whether it's through food through exercise uh through meaningful conversations with people god is also a spark within each and every one of us so i feel like you know a spirituality is really an individual practice it's really what what you choose where you choose to find god whether it's within or through teachers that you meet in this lifetime for me it it's really through nature i'm such a nature girl i'm so into herbs you know and and my medicine right now is drinking every tea that i could make <laughs> from flowers and leaves that i forage out in the garden or wherever Beautiful. So Virgo, Virgo is all about earth medicine and finding exactly. love in nature and the earth. And so I love that I've had you on here today with us for the Virgo new moon as such a Virgo. It's such an honor and privilege and this conversation has been great. It has been so insightful even though I'm not yet a mom. I learned so much. So I'm sure everybody that is a mom has so much to learn from this. So thank you thank you thank you for sharing all your knowledge for char- for sharing your kids. It was so fun meeting them. And yeah, I'm just so grateful for you being on here and sharing everything that you did. Thank you. Thank you for having me Karina. Just nice having this conversation with you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, thank you to everybody that tuned in and I'll be sharing this on my feed so you'll be able to share it too and yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Monica, and thanks everyone. Bye, Karina. Bye. Have a beautiful day. And there you have it. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I sure did. I learned so so many things and you know even though I'm not yet a mother a lot of us women start thinking about how we want to give birth and all of this a lot earlier in our lives and so this is really helpful and yeah if you have any questions feel free to reach out to either me or her on Instagram at inaisa isla or at starry starry vibes and I finally got this podcast up on Apple Podcasts. So if you've listened to it, if you're enjoying it, please make sure to leave a rating or a review so that more people can um, hop on, join the tribe, and be able to listen to this content as well. I am so excited to record our next episode. It's actually going to be tonight. And I will be talking to Fran and Marco of Map the Unknown. And I'll share that on here very soon too. Until then, I hope you have the best day and I'm sending all my love.